Hey everyone, welcome to uh, an emergency broadcast of Destiny Down Under. Uh, obviously the new holocron, holocron and rules regulation dropped overnight. Uh, to talk about it with me today, I've got Will from the Dest Friends group. Will, how are you going today? Hey, I'm doing great. Just excited about the new changes. Yeah, it's uh, definitely some interesting changes. Uh, some not so surprising changes, but probably more so uh, some surprising changes that weren't made as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so what we'll do is we want to keep it short, so we'll jump straight into it. We're just going to have a look through the new rules reference guide version 1.7. Uh, so FFG have made some clarifications on certain uh, texts, etc. Uh, so we're looking at clarified symbols, clarified indirect damage, clarified playing a card from hand and resolving die, which is a, a really interesting one, which affects some, some gameplay. Uh, updated terms, added errata, updated clarifications, and updated FAQ. So we'll jump straight into it. Uh, the first one is down on page 8, I think, um, which is involving uh, symbols. A clarified symbol. E <clears throat> yes, yeah, clarifying symbols there. Each side of a die may have a symbol on it. When a die is resolved, an effect is carried out based on the symbol that is showing on the die. <clears throat> Uh, see dice symbols on the next page. So the clarification is some dice have one or more sides with no symbol, such as lure of power, uh, spirit of rebellion, number 16. Um, I don't think that's really a surprise. I think it's more, again, it's just a clarification. It's not going to affect gameplay in any way. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where I was thinking this morning uh, about and then how... On the next on the next page, it's just uh, added indirect damage, deals damage to an opponent's characters equal to the value of the symbol distributed as that opponent wishes, which is something that we all already knew, just more clarification probably for legacies. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next one is uh, comes down to page 14. Did you want to just uh, give us a readout of what's going on there, Will? Yeah, so the changes on page 14 are to do with playing a card from hand um, and resolving dice. So the playing a card from hand um, yep. <laughs> basically seems like when you're playing an upgrade, you choose a character that it can be attached to. That's, you know, following, following play restrictions to the letter, basically just a, uh, just a semantics upgrade there. Mm. Um I don't think that'll affect gameplay in any way. I don't know if there's a specific card that they were having problems with with that. Um, but there you go. I wonder if the if it's in the text of playing or moving. Because um, I know there's been some... I, I don't think confusion, but a lot of people ask questions if they can play like or move a mall saber across to a yellow character, for example... Uh, but because it's got the spot blue, they don't know if they can do it or not. Uh, so I wonder if... Yeah, whether it's to clarify, yeah. like, when you're playing something, it has to be on the character. Yeah. But there are certain cards um, that, like, 
if they became attached to a blue character, you know, or they may exist in the future, that if they became attached to a non-blue character, then you would have to discard them. But I guess it's just clarifying that that's not the mm. case at the moment. Possible, yeah. So I think that's just more of a... It. Uh, I don't have the old one up here, so I'm not too sure what the... I'm sure it's just added text rather than modified text. Yeah. Uh, just, to, just to add a clarification, probably around spot requirements yeah. um, and moving with cargo hold. Or you've got stuff like bestow as well. Yeah, bestow uh, becoming more more viable with the prevalence of Padawan decks and stuff. Mm. Um, and then we just have the the change to resolving dice. Um, so there is there is a little clarification there, rehashing that each side of a die may have a symbol. Um, a player may resolve one or more of the same symbol in their pool sort of thing at one time one action and then right at the end they've added if a player's effect would resolve an opponent's die that die is resolved as if it were in that player's pool instead um so clint and i were talking about how this would happen um there's obviously a few cards like anger uh which allows you to resolve an opponent's die that is showing damage um there's also it will all be mine and there may well be others that have popped up yeah so i think it's it's uh for, for those who probably aren't familiar with like ffg is very particular about their wording and the different uh um what's the word i'm looking for like play and move and resolve all that sort of stuff so we initially thought, oh, well, obviously this hits cunning. Um, and let's say, for example, you're resolving an Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber special, and rather than adding a shield to the player, you add the shield to yourself and resolve it. But cunning is, is uh, you're copying the card effect, not re actually resolving the die. So it would still work in that way per se. But we had to actually do a little bit of digging for uh, it will all be mine. Uh, so, in that example, if you were to turn an Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber to a special from a blank and then resolve it as if it were your own, uh, you would add the shield to yourself and then it would only do, say, one unblockable damage. Yeah. I think that's interesting as well because um, I think the the text on obi-wan's lightsaber is give attached character as well so if you have that dice in your pool that dice isn't attached to any of your characters like it can still be in your pool but it's not attached to any of your characters so which of your characters mm. would you give it to but you know maybe there'll be a maybe that'll become <laughs> obvious maybe maybe it needs a sub clarification <laughs> yeah uh, that's, but it's that's interesting, true. yeah. But it's interesting for stuff like um, Yoda's special as well. Um, I ran into a situation with, and it was actually with cunning, but you know it applies here as well. Um, if an opponent resolves my Yoda die, uh, does he get to turn one of my dice? Because of course that Yoda die would have affected my dice before that. Or does he turn one of his dice? Because, of course, the Yoda special isn't turn any dice in the pool. It's turn one of your dice. So now it's pretty well clarified that if you're resolving an opponent's Yoda dice, 
uh, you get to modify dice in your pool. Uh, that's that. a, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that is, that's a very good point. So I'm sure, and I'm sure it might actually even be a further clarification for Way of the Force. There might be more interaction with your opponent's die or being able to resolve your opponent's die. Uh, so it might be just future proofing. Uh, yeah, I've always felt like. Well. I've always felt like um, resolving an opponent's die is one of those hard to balance effects because it's it can be so powerful if they only have a few strong dice in the pool, like against a palp or against uh, sort of the really strong upgrades like Obi-Wan Saber um, or Maul Saber. Like if you can get that dice out of the pool and you get to use it, it just seems insane. Mm. But let's hope there's more of it because it is incredibly satisfying. <laughs> it's always a blowout play when that happens. Always. Uh, it, it just turns the tide of the game so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, let me just scroll down a little bit more, <laughs> see what we've got. Uh, I don't think it's still about page 21. Yeah, remaining health. Remaining search health. And unblockable. Uh, so remaining health, remaining health is the health of a character minus the amount of damage on it. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, I don't know if that's got to do with something about second chance and a clarification. Could be second chance. Could also be just a clarification for mm, Master of the Council, dude. Oh, goodness. Sorry, will you just cut out? Do you want to just repeat that? Um, the 22 point blue hero played by Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, has, yeah, the ability based Mm. on the characters remaining health, but I guess that hadn't been clarified anywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, Samuel L. Jackson, you know, you would have thought they would have made, um, Oh man, I can't even think of his name at the moment. Neither can I. It's just gone. <laughs> it's just gone. Um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? It escapes me. Um, Mace Windu. Mace Windu. <laughs> Mace Windu. Goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm still only on halfway through my second coffee. Yeah, um, I have no excuse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, and, and that's a great power action, uh, not power action, but ability that everyone seems to forget about as well. Mm, mm. Um, and I'm surprised he hasn't taken off, but I guess it's, it's tough to make him work yeah. with. You've just got to have such a, such a just meat bag of a second yeah. character sitting there, just doing nothing, mm. doing nothing all game. Um, yeah. And but, three, di- three die is hard to make work as well at the moment with so much good removal. Yeah, and like I think the fact that like you know that came out and it's twenty two and eight with Maz and you're like oh that's cool or you can have the the little red lad with the blaster as well. But then Obi comes out and it's yeah. like Obi nineteen Maz yeah. eleven. No yeah. one's playing Mace Windu. No, that's well, not. Yeah. No one's doing that. Why would you just not run Obi? Yeah. <laughs> Like you could, you could basically just build your favorite mace deck, like, and then just sub Obi in, and yeah. you wouldn't even have to change the cards. You could just, no. just pretend. Yeah. Like. Uh, 
It's going to be, I need to, I've actually started, we'll talk about it later, actually, what I've been doing with OBMAS, with the rules update anyway. Uh, so the next one is search. When a player searches for a card, that card is allowed to look at all of the cards in the searched area without revealing them to opponents. And you don't have to pick what you're searching for before you begin searching. Yes. And it, well, I guess this comes into play, a player does not have to find the object of a search effect. So we're talking about uh, lightsaber pool, I guess. Yep. The uh, only tutor card in this game. Uh, technically, I'd put investigate under that as well. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, as a tutor card. Um, but yeah, I guess you could just basically look through your deck to see what you've got left rather than your discard pile. You can mm -hmm. use it just for that. Um, and not have to pull a lightsaber or a blue weapon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, investigate though is one of those ones where I think you have to fulfill as much of the card text as possible. Let me just bring it up. Uh, look at the top five cards of your deck, add one of them to your hand and place the rest on the top of your deck in the order of your choice. So I think yeah. There, you would have to actually fulfill the, the text requirements. Yeah, I don't know if that fits into the search keyword, right? Like, it doesn't actually say search. Yeah, fair point. Um, so, yeah, I think that one would just be, yeah, the old FFG of resolve as much of the card as possible, even if mm. you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably a fair never point. Really used it that doesn't card. really fulfill the search keyword but mm. yeah it's i wonder if they're um planning on bringing more tutors into the game yep that's always been a possibility um and i think lightsaber pool went well as a first introduction to search mm. like didn't break the game sort of just made a few decks a bit more consistent mm. really allowed that like those those stronger melee weapons to come out a bit earlier mm-hmm but yeah, I think that's a just just you know semantics clarification. Yeah, like, I, th I think it was just one of those ones where people were like, "Oh, well, if you've got a, a blue weapon, you have to pull it." Mm. Um, people being like, "Oh, I'm about to get milled. Maybe I didn't want to do this." Mm. Okay, uh, clarification around unblockable damage. Uh, <laughs> unblockable damage cannot be blocked by shields or card effects. Any shields on a character dealt unblockable damage remain on that character. The clarification is all modifiers added to a die that deals unblockable damage will also be unblockable. Uh, I don't know why that needed clarification. <laughs> um, I think they're, it, they're still just working towards making Vibro easy to understand now, right? Um, maybe cards like, um, unyielding as well come into play here. Um, unyielding saying resolve any of your dice showing damage, uh, any number of your dice showing damage, treating that damage as unblockable. Mm. Um, I feel like it was fairly clear, but you know, uh, people will argue about anything if it's not clarified. So it's good to have more clarification than less. You're right, people will argue about anything if the Destiny Facebook page is anything to go by this morning. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have even said people will argue about anything <laughs> if there's not clarification, because people will argue about stuff if there is clarification as well. Like, 
yeah. they're really not held back by rules. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the important part, uh, the mm. errata. Yeah. So, do you want to take us through the first one, Will? Yep. Because I love that card. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Running Interference, it's not a card that you should be unfamiliar with if anyone in your local pl- meta plays a Sabine deck or a Ian McGregor deck. Um, you know, like, Running Interference, staple card, um, basically says after you take an action, you may exhaust this support and choose an opponent. That opponent may not or cannot take the same action that you just took on their next turn. So... This card, um, it actually says in the errata where they've changed it, this card can create a poor play experience. Well, understatement of the year, <laughs> right? Um, I've always I've always disliked running interference. The errata is now, after you take an action, you may set aside this support. Or you may, yeah, you may set this support aside to choose an opponent then the same thing, that opponent cannot take the same action that you just took on their next turn. Um, I think this is a, like, I think it's a good change, right? I think, I think running interference was really, really strong. Uh, Do I think this change is without, you know, without reproach? Do I think it's a bit heavy handed? Probably, right? Um, But, I think the negative play experience created by Sabine decks and Obi decks that got double running interference out in the first or second round, I think those were bad for the game, objectively. Yeah, probably probably more so in the Sabine decks. Um, I, look, I feel like it should, yeah, as you said, it's probably a little heavy-handed. It should have gotten the Imperial in- Inspection treatment. Uh, just just discard because I don't think anyone's really doing recurrence in Sabine decks anymore. It's more just about making the money rather than trying to recur second chance or uh, anything like that, any sort of supports. So whether they're future-proofing it just for in case people start recurring it, but... I don't know. I I, th- I think at the Imperial Inspection treatment would have been enough. Well, Imperial Inspection got nerfed to be the same. Like, it's it's now set this support aside as well. Oh, is it? I thought it was just discard after use. No, it's, it's the same. It gets exiled. That's what you get when you don't play villain cards. Oh, it is set aside. Yeah, it's ah. down. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um... Yeah, well, I don't play villains, so... <laughs> <laughs> I do, um, a little. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, it, um, it, I uh, think... I thought it was just always discard on use. No, I think it is future-proofing. And and don't get me wrong, I don't think... Um, like, I don't think it's a bad thing, right? And we can call game designers sitting over in their ivory towers, we can call them um, heavy-handed all we want we think it's a good change right and no one really liked the imperial inspection meta either mm. like except those people that took down some store champs with them dust's uh, shoulder dust's shoulder Almo cough cough <laughs> <Elmo> cough cough <laughs> um but like 
Yeah, I think I think it's a good change, right? There's been it's a card that's been problematic since its since its inception, right? And you know, there's a great word problematic, but like uh people wondering about whether you can take the action if you if you dodge around it by like having force speed and like in fact you can't because you can't take that action for your whole next turn. Um, regardless of how many actions your next turn takes, I think that is a bit, it's a bit tough, but you know, I think it's a good change. I think it's heavy handed. I would have been totally fine with it being discard. And then if a recurrent strategy became available, people playing with that, I would have been happy, right? I would have been happy to be able to work around it being discarded every turn. Um, yeah, look, I... It does I, I seem feel, heavy-handed. I, I feel like it's a nerf because of confusion, not because of NPE. <laughs> <laughs> because the amount of questions this one single card gets outweighs yeah. questions on every other card combined in this yeah. game. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a compounding effect. Like, when I woke up this morning and I read the... I read the change. I was like, "Good," because now no one will play it, and we'll just not have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was—it's one of those cards that was mainly in Sabine Ezra or Sabine X decks. Uh, it started gaining popularity in Obi Mars decks, and I've even seen it pop up in some Z Z X decks as well. Mm. Um, but. I think it's one of those cards with a very, very high skill cap. So a lot of people didn't really know how to use it to its full potential Effectively. anyway. And then it just caused massive debate within games yeah. as well. It's the sort of thing where maybe maybe running interference as a card, as a concept, maybe it adds like 15 seconds of really high level play to like a world's match and we're all sitting at home watching going oh that was amazing but yep. like you've got to think about this game is for everyone it's not for just mm. the people playing at worlds playing at the top tables mm. like you want it to be a fun engaging like you know relatively easy to play game right like you want it to be accessible and running interference was just the moment i read it when it got spoiled or when it came out i was just like man this card's a mess it, like, it definitely changed heroes uh, yeah. and, and making them a, a bit more playable yeah as as glass cannon as sabine is it definitely made heroes a lot more playable and gave them a bit of a competitive edge yeah definitely um so does it break sabine x does it break obi mars <clears throat> i don't think so i think those decks will still be strong I don't play a lot of either of them, but when I have played Sabine, I was often thinking about subbing out running interference anyway, just because I didn't like it. I didn't like using it. I much preferred cards like Infamous and doing the combos with Never Tell Me the Odds and stuff like that. Um, obviously, running interference was just a better way to do that, but I just didn't like it as much, so I didn't play it. I think it'll still be strong without it. Well, I've been, like, I've recently subbed out Running Interference for Scruffy anyway, Scruffy-looking Nerf Herder, mm -hmm. uh, and been using, uh, in Obi Mars, I should say, I should clarify, uh, 
and just using friends in low places and scruffy looking nerf herder like as my first action of the round just to clear out the hand of any mitigation yeah and, and then you get the same effect anyway yeah and, and it's much it, more it's actually clear a lot more consistent than running interference yeah yeah because running interference you've got to rely on having an ambush card and obi mars doesn't have super great access to uh ambush cards that are effective mm-hmm. because it's it's melee based mm-hmm. so it actually is a lot more fluid just with those with two two friends in low places and two scruffies so yeah i think that would definitely be fine like sabine and like sabine and obi are both so strong anyway with the suite of like upgrades and stuff that you can get into those decks i really like running interference was a core part of the always win sabine strategy right but you can just play a sometimes win deck and obviously that's not gonna Mm. be as good in high level competitive play but i think if you're taking this to like your locals and you're winning with it already just keep taking it sub out running interference put in some some scruffies put in some friends if you weren't playing friends you should have been playing friends um Mm. i think it'll still do fine i think running interference is probably not worth your time now though no i think i think it's i think in sabine ezra uh or sabine yoda or whatever it'll just be swapped out for infamous it's it's just as easy as that (laughs) yeah infamous Infamous is a really great card i'm glad that or i hope that infamous sees some more play like just from a card point of view uh really solid uh really um thematic and it's got the great art with boba or yeah it's just uh, it's just fantastic well the, the the other option is is maybe you could play swiftness like i mean it's a more it's a subpar infamous like you're getting more money more bang for buck with infamous but swiftness is a little bit more flexible yeah, and often with Infamous, maybe you get turn one Infamous and you use it three times, mm. but if you use a Swiftness at the right time, mm. that's like, you know, economy Economy is important, but these yellow decks that are playing Truths, uh, Well Connected, like they're not as, you know, um, not as on the edge of that economy economy game like the it binds all things decks and stuff where you're really reliant on it like if you if you miss uh a piece of economy like getting to use infamous two more times but you win the game with your swiftness play Mm. uh there you go like Mm. you've you've won the game Mm. i really like swiftness i'm i'm sad that it doesn't see more play uh I think it's a really interesting card. Yeah, I think I think I think a deck with a low cost curve is is where it lives. Mm. Um, it's just, it, I mean, sometimes swiftness into like an altar or a concentrate might be a lot more difficult, especially if you're wanting to run hyperspace jump. I mean, your cost curve just keeps getting higher and higher when you're wanting to run those high cost cards. But who knows? It's something to experiment with. I've started experimenting with swiftness and Obi Mars uh, with mixed results, but it probably just needs a, just a little bit more tweaking. Mm, and you have to make it work as well. It's it's one of the few cards in Star Wars Destiny where you really have to 
sit on it and wait for the opportune time. Star Wars Destiny, I find, is pretty pretty forgiving game in a lot of ways there's a lot of different ways to play cards and stuff like that but swiftness you really need to hit that high returns like oh if i ambush this now i can do all of this stuff and then claim or something like that like yeah all right well let's let's move on to the boogeyman of the set Mm, why don't you talk about this one Uh, (laughs) lightsaber so i i don't think anyone's super surprised by this nerf um, I'll just read it out so uh, it should read the errata should read blue character only power action if an opponent has no shields on all of their characters spend one resource to roll this die into your pool context the potential damage that this card can deal each round is too efficient adding a resource cost to the power action results in a more balanced card uh, 100% agree um, I think I said to you earlier today on Facebook, um, the fact that this card can just steal wins on round one is not okay. <laughs> yeah. When it came out, I was like, that seems like a really strong card. I want two of it. And I, like the pleb that I am, went to my uh, LGS and bought two, right? Um, yeah. I didn't open any. I saw them on sale and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to nip this one. I'm just going to, bam, buy two. Um, It's really good. It's so good. If you're not playing two in your deck, like think about playing two in your deck. But now with the nerf, who knows? Um, I think it's a big hit, to be honest. Yeah, look, it's resort... Like, villain always has trouble making resources. Um, even yellow villain has struggled. Has, it, the cost curve is always quite high, mm-hmm. uh, and they and yellow villain struggles to even make money as opposed to uh, hero yellow. So it does add a very high play restriction on it that doesn't mean that it's still not good like Mm. if you can if you can pull this off once a game and still hit that plus three or plus four and and like get a double activation out of it you're probably going to win that game still yeah we're talking health pools of like 20 to 30 right if you can do realistically uh, between four and six free damage, right? Well, I should say uh, two and four because we assume that if you left the other two melee side that you're resolving it with in the pool, you would have resolved that at some yeah. point. So if you can get an extra, let's say you hit the nuts, if you get an extra four damage for free on any of your turns, any of your like yeah. three or four rounds that the game goes on, yeah. you should probably be ahead. Yeah. Right, like if you've used a Maul's lightsaber, you get the double resolve. If you like look down at the board and you see that you're still behind at that point, just fold. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you should not be behind after that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, really strong. I mean, the the, the only decks that we really seen Maul saber played in as well is the Brotk or OTK decks, and um, 
uh, Boba Sevens. So and and the emerging like Kylo Two X decks. Mm. It probably hurts uh, Boba Sevens and oh, does it really? I mean, you've got Truce and Well Connected that you'd probably sub in to help help the resource curve. A lot of Boba Seventh were already running Well Connected, I yep. think. So maybe you put in Truce as well. You could put it in Rage still. Yeah. Taking a health off sister because it's got to be the blue character. Mm. I don't know. I haven't... It's the sort of thing where I haven't played a lot with it. I've just seen it played a lot. And because I always, I'm always building two decks because I'm building for Maddie as well and I put it in her villain deck straight away. I was just yep. like, yeah, this is what you want. Solid card, does insane stuff. Mm. I think an interesting point of this is that they didn't add the resource cost to the dice side, right? Um, so I don't think they would get in the... Ha- in the habit of changing dice sides. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I think that's taking it a bit too far. It just creates more confusion. Um, I I think one thing that they can't do is change costs on cards. So changing like a Maul's lightsaber from three to four. Yep. Uh, or changing die sides to have or to add or remove resource costs. Like I think that's just a no go area. It just yeah. adds way too much confusion. Um, unless they're willing to reprint cards and reprint dice and then send them out to local game stores to for people to trade in, um, they, they just can't go there for the sake of the game. Yeah. And, like, realistically, we see how um, sending stuff to your LGS and letting them manage it, FFG's not going to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think it's interesting because, um, like, you know, you sit down this morning, you read the nerf, you're like, oh, I still really want to play my Maul Saber, right? I still really like it. I still think it's really strong. Um, the important part for me of this is that if you're spending that one resource to roll it back into your pool, now it is much more important for you to hit it mm. once you've made the decision, mm. right? Like, you can't be doing that with, like, I've done it in the few games I did play with it. Sometimes I'd just roll it back in um, just to bait removal before I yeah. rolled in my other character or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. And that's fine, right? If there's something you want to do with your other dice, if you have a plan, then that's fine. But now, if you're paying the resource to get that back into your pool, you have to know that you will hit it. Yeah. You have to, like, have some focus out, have some like fixing in your hand like you have to be able to get value out of that dice now mm. do you do you think with the change it will make a shift of uh the otk deck back to the to the rainbow version just because you can get money a little bit easier with yellow or do you think uh the the red blue only version uh will be able to to survive I strictly cannot comment. <laughs> I have not played enough of either of the combo versions. Uh, neither of have the I. Combo I haven't decks. played them at all. That so, is that is an uh, unfortunate an lack point. on our part. Um, I think 
look the the blue red version does that run stuff like logistics <laughs> like I don't if, think it does you could you could get you could get money in the blue red version i'm sure but you know i didn't think the um like when because i i dabbled with the rainbow version right um and when the blue red version came out i was like look hello wasn't that bad mm. like there wasn't that much lost ground above this deck that you really had to be like, oh no, nah, we can't have the, can't have the yellow. Like I think it was, you know, it was strong in both iterations. If the yellow does give it a bit more money, then this is definitely going to be a hit to its money. Mm. Um. But yeah, it's not my area. I don't play either of those decks, unfortunately. I think it. I think it definitely weakens the deck both versions but mm. probably it brings it down to a more even uh power level so you're not get round one you're probably not going to get that extra activation out of the mall saber oh definitely not i uh, don't think so it just might help you get that um it, it just forces you to set up more for rounds two and three rather than just go yolo and go for the the big kill yeah yeah all right uh i think i think i look i think bob sevens can still be played with it i don't think it's gonna hurt it that much uh and if bob sevens is only relying on more saber to win the games well it probably i'd probably question the integrity of that deck as well or the player that's playing it if they're just relying on that one upgrade to win games yeah definitely um i think it's it's a hit but i think it's the sort of thing where that card was in there i looked at a lot of boba seventh lists this week um a lot of lists are running it as a one of mm -hmm. and running like the other the what's the yellow the vibro the vibro cutlass, cutlass? yeah yeah, or maybe it's neutral, I can't remember, but yeah. Um, a lot of them are just running the one-of Maul Saber, and I think it is really in there for if you get the money turn one, mm. if you get the lightsaber pull, yeah. then you can play it, you can get it off, and you can almost always get that double resolve because of the extra melee side you have with the Seventh Sister Droid. Um, I think it's really in there for runaway potential. I think... If you sub in something else, like a second Erloom, a lot of these decks are only running one Erloom. Um, if you sub in other stuff, I'm sure it'll still be really good. Yeah, it's right? it's just it's just you you've just got to change your build a little bit, tweak your build a little bit, and play <clears> a little <throat> bit smarter. Yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the um, blue red OTK that did really well in Chicago regionals. Um, and it, like, it has just the two Maul's lightsabers, mm. right? Uh, and then, oh, sorry, it has the Ancients and the two Maul sabers, and then it has the droids, right? Yeah. If you subbed one or both of those Maul sabers for Heirloom sabers or some other really strong lightsaber, I, obviously, it will cut the deck down a bit whether it will cut it out of really strong territory i just don't think it will like it's a strong deck it'll survive i think 
See, I'm, I'm of the opinion that with unique weapons or upgrades, you just run one of them anyway. And especially with blue weapons, because you can tutor them, um, I think wanting, running one unique is, is plenty. Like having a shot at like three, like in the mulligan, like three targets, you're, there's a very high chance that you'll hit it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think my final word on this, um, as much as I'm a guest on the show, uh, <laughs> is if you're looking at this like Chicago's winning list or um, any of the blue red one turn kill lists, just sub in some heirlooms, sub in other strong lightsabers. Um, you'll see results. Maybe it'll take some tweaking. Maybe you'll have to change your playstyle a little bit. Mm. But I think if you're running Maul's lightsaber now, it's probably you probably only want to be running one, mm. and you want to have something a lot more flexible in the other slot in case you have those low economy games. Mm. I agree. All right, uh, let's. Uh, there's just a couple more things further on. A couple more clarifications uh, on cards. Um, mm-hmm. On the next page, uh, Retreat says, uh, where it says, then end the action phase is a delayed effect that will occur after the additional action has been taken or after the opponent declines to act. Um, I think it hasn't really clarified because if you choose to take Force Speed as your additional action, you still don't get the two additional actions from Force Speed. Yeah, it's still just, it's just, you take one action. Mm. It's a really, really harsh card when it gets played. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... I know that recently, sorry. I know that recently they clarified something about delayed effects. Um, So this may be just a, a wording change to make that in line with how they changed delayed effects. Mm. Um, I'm not going to scroll up and find the thing about no, delayed it's, effects. So. It's fine. Uh, we'll just quickly cover the other couple of ones. Battle of Wills, uh, Empire at War, 128. If multiple players are tied for the lowest combined value, remove all character dice just rolled by each tied player. Yeah, that was... Um, just after that card came out, there was a... like I think there was a store champ or like a, a, like a big... Um, a big organized play event where in the semi-finals there was a battle of the wills and they didn't know what to do and they actually got an email from the ffg designer like jeremy uh, jeremy someone mm-hmm. uh, and he actually clarified in an email he was like here you go um the ruling on this is both both characters dice are mm. removed yeah. And I thought that was incredible, um, but that's been that's been in the public eye for ages. Yeah. So I think yeah. that that's that's pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Uh, moving on to EMP grenades. This special this ability great. cannot <laughs> discard a droid character from play. Uh, I thought that was stating the obvious, but <laughs> I'm uh, glad that it's there. Um, um, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, at the same time, I was sort of like, uh, <laughs> not surprised. It should probably. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There is an update to Greedo in this on the next page. Um, mm. 
So running interference, uh, the further clarifications, this ability only triggers and can be used on one of the six actions listed on page 13. Card abilities that are similar to actions such as resolving dice with Maz Kanata cannot be used to trigger running interference. Hmm. Again, self-explanatory, but I think when you're probably more in the competitive space than the casual space, you're probably more aware of that anyway. Yep. Uh, and then the second one, a player choosing to pass on their turn is considered to have taken a turn and the delayed effect of running interference will expire at the end of that turn. I think this is a more important clarification. Um, I think at the Vegas regionals, there was a, there was a big cock up with the running interference ruling. And I think he ruled it that if he passed, it wasn't counted as an action. Uh, so the effect of running in interference continued. Someone might want to correct me on that if I got that wrong. Uh, but just off the top of my head, I think that was the way that they ruled it and they ruled it wrong. And I think he effectively lost the game because of that. It sounds like the exact sort of shit that happens in this game, yeah. to be honest, Clint. I'll just yeah. believe you on face value, even yeah. though I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would be awful. Um, and I feel like, uh, to me, reading this now, I'm like, oh, what? Like, this wasn't already well known. Mm. Um, like, I hope that no one's been playing it um without the pass out of window um because that would just be even more awful than the card was to begin with but it's good that it's in writing now it's good that it's in the in the rrg Mm. go and tell your friends yeah (laughs) uh yeah anyway we've talked enough about running interference anyway um Right, Legacies cards, we'll just run through these quickly. They're just more clarifications that we already knew anyway, but there are some on here that are surprising that I do commonly see the questions come up. Uh, Dr. Afri, number 20, you cannot draw a card from an opponent's card or die effect that deals indirect damage to you. Yep. Self-explanatory. Greedo. This one's more funny because there was someone on Facebook that basically said, oh, it doesn't say how many die you can have on a Greedo card. <laughs> so you could roll in 50 Greedo die when he's defeated. And it's just dumb. Anyway, this ability is self-referential. You only roll die that are on his card into your pool. His die that are already in your pool do not get re-rolled. If he's been run at Elite, he obviously only has two die. Like... Mm, I, I think... I, this is more interesting because it's clarifying that you can't roll him in if he's about to die and just like see what you get. Oh, but you couldn't do that anyway. But so they can't, you can't use dice that are currently in the pool for this ability. Hmm. Right. Because before if, if he was killed and his dice are in the pool, people would just pick them up and re-roll them. That ever happened to you? No, I, I haven't played against Greedo, so mm. I, well, I don't know. But if someone tried to roll out 50 Greedo die against me even <laughs> before this clarification, I'd be, like, kicking them from TTS or, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just stupid. Like, I, yeah. I, I wonder if the person that was brought it up on Facebook was just trolling everybody, but given the same person is posting about Boba 7s and Maul's lightsaber... Um, being nerfed, I, I have a feeling that they might have been serious. 
Yeah, there are people willing to push the push the limits of yeah. <laughs> feasibility in this game, right? Yeah. But I, I think it is a it's a slightly important clarification that if you're you know, you have to be a bit more careful with him on the turn that he's probably gonna die, you have to make sure that you've already got use out of yeah. his dice. Ah, uh, but you know, a game of two or three actions that's not going to help you anyway. But it's good that it's, it's there in paper saying that the dice already in the pool don't get re-rolled. Yeah. That's good. I um, I actually really like the design of Greedo. Um, it, he's probably one of the only villain legends that I haven't put up for trade because if I wanted to ever just have like a casual villain deck, I actually want it to include Greedo. I think he's actually a really cool character for the game. Yeah. I think Greedo's... I think his ability is really good. I think his card is like, you know, aptly costed and mm. stuff. It's not too strong. Um, it's not too weak. Well, you know, it's probably too weak, but you've got to have some weak cards. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's, it's really cool. Like, you know, we haven't seen any sort of ability like this before on a character. We've seen things like it on cards, like, um, one with the force before mm. this character is defeated. The, like, the force becomes their ghost and everything and then they stay in the thing like another character that's cool but i think greedo's like last gasp of just gunning while he's going down i think that's a really cool ability really thematic and appropriately designed without being broken okay uh next one hasty exit 153 again this is another one i thought that was self-explanatory but yeah it's in the RRG now. You must control the battlefield in order to give control of it to an opponent. They really could have just written that on the card. Like... I don't think it even needed to be written on the card. <laughs> you can't have, give something you can't you give don't something have. you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. sort of, like, you look at it and you're like, maybe this card's really, really good. And then you're like, no, this card's just pretty good. I, I guess in the context that you know, you fulfill as much of the card text as possible. I mm. guess I could see the confusion, like, but... Yeah, because I don't even... think it's a then effect or anything on the card. Yeah, it's not yeah. like give and then, mm. it's just like give and... Yeah. Um, this Jar Jar Binks one is interesting. Um, uh, maybe it's not, maybe I'm just taken out of context uh so the clarification the first ability is considered a user card action so it can interact with running interference i guess mm -hmm. um if the second ability resolves and jar jar binks has none of his character die in the pool then all dice will be re-rolled so that's something like you could fast hands his I die away when that would happen you just, you activate him, you fast hands his dice away, yeah. you run him as a single dice, and then yeah. you just use him as a sound the alarm. Man, that's not, that's actually not a bad little strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't play Jar Jar. Maybe, maybe that's the strategy. Maybe it's just a, you know, a I guess whisper you could in the, the winds. <laughs> I guess you could choose the triggers as well. Like, was, no, is fast hands a before effect? Uh, I think it's after. I think it's just after, after activate. You activate uh... 
so yeah you can choose the triggers you can yeah. see what he rolls and then either you want to roll you want to re-roll just what he rolled mm. or you want to re-roll everything why does the fast hands artwork look like it's star lord yeah it really does it's the next marvel crossover yeah. first infinity war <laughs> and then it's like infinity star star wars uh, infinity stars star uh, infinities who knows guardians of the star wars yeah um, guardians of the wars who guardians knows of the wars <laughs> yeah um all right uh unbreakable fantastic um, clarification um yeah just what what most people thought anyway yeah. i'm sure um but good to have it in the rrg yeah uh specials are zero so yep. You can. You got no shields. You still got a one cost remove a special, which is not to be overlooked. If you no. play blue, uh, I think it's blue hero at the moment. Mm. You should probably be considering putting unbreakable in your deck as one of your removal slots. I'm on the fence about certain removals, and this is one of them. I think it's solid removal, um, but I also think that we have enough cards now where you could remove two die for one. That its utility might be weak in a lot of decks when you could just play something confidence or yeah. something like that yeah yeah i i remember when this card came out i was really hyped for it and yeah. i played it a whole bunch um and then i just i just started playing overconfidence again and i was mm. like man overconfidence is really good yeah <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> I just sort of subbed it in as a one-of, and then mm. I was like, oh, no, it's, it's still really good. And then it became a two-of, and Unbreakable becomes a one-of, and then, yeah. It's good, though. It's good I think cut. it's going to be one of those cards that's going to be super solid in trilogies, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, trilogies, that's a format. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even delved into that yet. Um, so... The last one is Vandalize, and my RG keeps jumping all over the place. Uh, you do not remove any of your character dice to discard a support or upgrade that costs zero from play. So, it's just clarifying that you can do the zero, zero bullshit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I feel like... I, I feel like it's good like for that but i also wouldn't be surprised if they did end up clarifying it that you still had to remove one die as a minimum but um and and that makes rend more useful then and then it makes a bit more of a difficult decision what to use but yeah i think it's annoying that they've gone to the trouble to write this vandalize one five six two lines of red text mm. and they haven't said They've said you don't have to remove any of your character dice, but they haven't said whether or not you've got to just at least have some in the pool or something. Like, yeah. that would be point. A, I mean, I think... a follow-on clarification for me. I think this makes it pretty clear that they do want it... Like, they do want part of the utility of the card to be able to just burn a force speed for one resource, mm. which is good, right? Like, it's not... Like, it's not free, like, it's not rend. You mm. can just burn a holocron or burn a speed. But I think there'll be someone... You just give the Facebook pages a few weeks, there'll be someone saying, <laughs> oh, but do you have to have character dice in play? I would and, actually... I'd be all right with that play restriction, I think. Yeah, I think so. 
I think that's not that's not terrible. Um, I mean, it does say remove die on the card, which would imply that you would actually have to have die in the pool to begin with. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, we'll have to wait right. and see. Yeah, um, who knows? Is there anything in the FAQ? Okay, so there's an update to Lua, number 154 from uh, Legacies. If a player plays Lua and chooses Sabine Wren and her before ability plays a weapon with Ambush, who takes the first additional action? The player that played Lua would take the first additional action. When Lua resolves, that additional action is created first, followed by Sabine Wren's activation. And additional actions are taken in the order that they were created. Hmm. Yeah. I, fe- I feel like that's actually more confusing a little bit. <laughs> yep. It's not. Uh, it's not easy. Um, so there's a really interesting table if you're interested in um, before and after effects. It's a really interesting table that someone's done up. I'm sure you can just google it or maybe go on the reddit or something um but it's basically it describes that before effects will interrupt the queue right and after effects get added after everything that else has been revolt resolved so if you play like a bef- like if you play a card and that card has two effects on it and the first effect triggers a before effect normally that before effect would jump in, happen in the middle of that card, and then the rest of the card would resolve afterwards. Mm. Um, They clarified this softly at some stage um, by saying that if, like, there's effects on the opponent's side of the table and you create, like you create something and then your opponent creates something, yours has priority because mm. you're the like active player mm. um it's very similar to the concept of priority in magic if anyone's played magic um but this just seems like it must have been a real edge case where there was two that were created by like conflicting active players and because it's a before effect it should enter the queue and interrupt lure but they just must have decided that that didn't fit with because yeah, because what it would do is if you'd rolled in, um, if you'd rolled in, and then the Sabine player took their action, and then you played Lua, you could get them to roll in. Uh, well, then why would you not just go for the kill? I don't know about that. Intro- I, it's probably just an edge case for Sabine yeah I I Um, don't think it's going to come up as a problem that much (laughs) yeah I think it's just because you have like you have lure you're like oh I'm going to force you to activate Sabine and then you play a weapon and you do all this garbage Um, I guess it's to keep lure being good against Sabine because otherwise like playing lure against Sabine would not only let them activate, but it would let them resolve their die before you could remove their die, which mm. is obviously like the, I think it's the point of lure is you get them to roll in and then you try and do something with their dice. Right. Yeah, that's true. I um, guess, I guess. The other, 
and, and, and it's forcing Sabine to make suboptimal plays as well. Like if they've got nothing in their graveyard yeah. to, uh, to play. Or if um, they've only got something bad, mm. like something, yeah, not as good. Yeah, you're forcing them to make unoptimal plays. Okay. Yeah, well, right. you know, if if they hadn't nerfed running interference, maybe Lua would become good against Sabine, but mm. now we just don't need it. <laughs> mm. All right. Uh, okay, we've gone about 45 minutes over what I thought <laughs> we were going to. Um, just quickly, uh, with the nerfs, uh, what are you surprised wasn't nerfed? Um, I think everyone wants... Well, not everyone, but I think a lot of people are surprised that Force Illusion wasn't touched. Mm-hmm. I think Force Illusion is a always best choice. Um, there's very few decks that run blue that don't have it. There's very little reason to not run blue um, when you have access to so many good upgrades already. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those cards probably... Uh, you know what? I think everyone would be okay with a spot blue. Yeah, not, I not, think not so. Not blue only, but a spot blue would be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to play spot of blue or when the effect of resolves spot mm. of blue like either one yeah that's interesting when the effect resolves spot of blue never thought of it like that yeah that could work we talk about it a lot at our locals because i think it's i think it's quite um just like a little disappointing that's just such a such a nonchalant card like a one cost damage yeah. block upgrade like has been so prevalent like you compare it to armor plating mm. like armor plating's almost like a similar spot and armor plating's just come and gone mm. but force illusions almost as vital as like ancients and shodos and stuff like i think i think people would still even play force illusion for two yep <laughs> yep i would um <laughs> It's a really good card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to say that I'm not uh, that I'm surprised that sister potentially wasn't touched, whether in the way that a point was added or her ability was only allowed to be triggered, uh, like on the first activation. Mm. But I think possibly they're just in playtesting they've seen that more sa- the nerf to Maul's lightsaber uh, has kind of um, dropped Real power yeah. yeah. So I... it probably wasn't essential to balance the Force Sister or restrict her ability to once, once around. Um... Yeah, I think changing her ability to once per round would be a real disservice to the players that went out and found these leadership <laughs> decks and stuff like that. Like, like you know, or not that I think six seeker die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at ten dollars a die. Hmm. Um. The other one, I I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence about is Ayla being balanced as well. Um. I'm, I'm of the opinion she doesn't need to be balanced but at the same time I wouldn't be surprised if she was and even if she was bumped by one point I would be sad but I wouldn't stop playing her <laughs> yeah I think th- there's a lot of decks that run Ayla with plots Yeah, like she is insanely strong 
um, for for what she costs. I would not be surprised at all if um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if in the future she sees like a one point bump. Yeah, I, I, as I said, I'm still on the fence about it. I like that effectively kills um, the hero vehicles deck. Like you drop down to four die, then you'd only be able to run. You'd you'd, you'd drop an Ayla die to run it, and then you could add a fortify plot. I think it was to get the extra mm-hmm. shield. Um, but in that deck, you might consider running the card plot as well. Yeah. Because yeah, the vehicles rely so much on draw. But I think that severely weakens the vehicle deck, and I don't think the vehicle deck's a problem. Yeah, I like when we say Ayla's really strong, maybe she could deal with a one point bump. She also hasn't won every single regional, right? She's won a few, other people have won a few. It's a diverse yeah. meta. Like yeah. so maybe just leave everyone where they are. Which I think I- is that's what they're doing yeah i think it's good that they haven't balanced the force everything i i did have a feeling that i thought they'd take phasma off the list and just kind of throw that horse in the race for people mm. um because i think i mean would would cad phasma or um anakin phasma become a problem like uh the so many damn would they come back uh darth vader too would that become a problem again uh look i have a lot of love for cad phasma but who knows um i think putting her back to 13 now and re-allowing those decks like kylo phasma darth vader 2 phasma cad phasma um, and then even three character lists where she was elite and you had two, like two budget, mm. budget goons, like you can still run those decks like 16, yeah. um, like eight and eight or something. But I think, I think it is better with her as, uh, what is that? 11, 14. I think she's, no, I, th- uh, or 10, she... 14. Where's the balance of the force? It's not just on the holocron, is it? No, it should be on the rules it reference. Be on the rules regulation, shouldn't it? Somewhere. Uh, no, I don't think it is. I think it's on the holocron. I've got the holocron up here. Um, she's ten fourteen. Right. No, that doesn't. Yeah, so she was nine thirteen. Yes, but she's ten fourteen now. Hmm. Yeah, I think she's in the right place. I think there's just, particularly with Mother Talzin as well, like freeing up a point to try and combine them into a three character list. Mm. Um, would be really scary. Mm. Like Mother Talzin does work. Yeah, I I just think with Captain Phasma, I I just feel that with Ayla being on the hero side, you could probably drop the points on Phasma and then you might be alright. Because then you've got two very aggressively costed characters on each side that uh, are easy to build around. 
I don't know. My uh, my evaluation of cards is not a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's tough. Phasma Phasma is a tough one because it's it's also like her ability, her special. Like you've got you've got one two two for her damage sides, like one ranged, two ranged, and then the two special. Having her elite for 13 with, at the end of turn one, effectively doing, well, like, yeah, 13. Your 17-point character is going to be able to deal six damage, mm. right? So mm. one of her dice is going to do three damage on turn mm. one. Yeah. Like, she's, like, as as someone who played aggro in Hearthstone, someone who played aggro in Magic, someone who played aggro in, like, everything I've played, as soon as she got printed, I was like, this is me. Mm. This is what I'm doing. And yep. then she got nerfed, and I was like, "Cool, I'll sell out of the game." <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay. Well, we've gone severely over time, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you very much for your time and your thoughts today, Will. No worries. Thanks for having me on the show. I yeah, look forward uh, any, to the future. Any uh, shout outs to anyone? This oh, is your you know, to shine. Shout outs to the the desk friends. I've been severely absent with you know, work and school and life, but I'm, I'm coming back. I built a new deck. I'm, I'm doing stuff. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks for your time, Will. Um, and everybody else, thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and like on any of our various pages and we will catch you in the next episode. See you guys. See ya.